I'm honored to have been invited by Teledyne RD Instruments to give an overview talk to ADCPs in action. Professor Doppler's ideas still intrigue us to this very day, and this talk encompasses some of my own reflections and recollections over some 34 years. Let's start by going back to San Diego, to 1979, to the Oceans Conference in September 1979 and to a particular paper given by Fran Rowe and his colleague Joel Young, then at Amitek Straza Division. And in this brief abstract, I think we can see the basis of the Doppler profilers that we now see in ubiquitous use throughout the world. So their instrument started by modifying a standard Doppler navigation sonar which Amitek was producing. It modified it to work as a current profiler. And in their abstract and their paper, they demonstrated how this could provide reliable measurements of currents down to depths of at least 100 meters and, and with a depth resolution of about three meters to be used on a moving ship or a stationary platform. And there I think we have it in a few words, a tremendous vision for a revolution in current profiling. And then when they were joined by Kent Dines and RD Instruments was formed and the world has never been the same since. Well, what was I doing back in 1979? Oddly enough, somewhat earlier that year was my own first exposure to the wonders of acoustic Doppler current profiling. I was a stand, standing by on a ship in the Indian Ocean where my colleague Tim Crocker from the UK Institute of Oceanographic Sciences had developed a shipboard Doppler profiler. Rather different to what Fran Rowe and Joel Young had been working on, uh, this was a rather large unit. Uh, on the bottom left here, we can see uh, what was called the sonar pod, about six feet uh, across its long dimension. Uh, not a small device. And inside the pod, there were four transducers, 75 kilohertz, uh, looking across each other in the Janus configuration. And this pod could be steered in azimuth, and the angle of each plate could be varied to examine the signal structure. The microcomputer processed the data, but importantly, the signal processing was done by an external fast Fourier transform box that itself consumed 20 amps at, at 5 volts. So 100 watts was just going into the FFT processor. What sort of results did Tim get with this very early instrument back in 1979? So we have the carrier frequency here just over 75 kilohertz, and this line then is the zero Doppler line. And we're just looking at one transducer, the port forward-looking transducer. And what we see here are the spectra from the FFT processor, and with this vertical line indicating the center. And so what we see from this spectrum, which is at a depth of 50 meters, uh, is a current shift towards positive Doppler, and then a shear down to this layer at 104 meters to negative Doppler shift. So we can see clearly a current shear in the upper ocean. But this instrument, in stark contrast to that of uh, Rowe and Young, uh, the depth cell resolution is about 50 meters, 
but it's showing a range out to at least 400 meters, uh, which wouldn't be too bad for a 75 kilohertz profiler uh, of today. So many of the factors here uh, were there in Tim's instrument. But a really big drawback was the lack of knowledge on the ship's velocity over the ground in the days of the transit satellite. 